Hey guys, this is Naeem and you've reached the Mosaic Church Podcast. So excited that you're part of our listening community and I'd love for you to be even more connected. So check out our website. There's more content there and there's more opportunities for you to get connected in our ministries and events as well. Also, love for you to share this content. If this is blessed to you, I know that God wants to use you to bless other people with it. So share this podcast, if you will. Lastly, would you consider supporting this ministry? This is made possible by other people's generosity, and I'd love for you to pay it forward. Join us to reclaim the message and the movement of Jesus together. So would you consider giving to this ministry? I know that God is able to do immeasurably more through us when we come together. Thank you so much. God bless you. Enjoy. Good morning, guys, and welcome to Mosaic in the Morning. Oh, hey. I yes. like that. Yes, you like that? I like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if you're just tuning in, if this is your first time, uh, this is church. Yes, we're just doing it Mosaic style. Yes. Uh, and this is my co-host. Hey, I'm Kristen Young. Good to see you guys. Yes, yeah, so what we're doing is a live experience. Uh, obviously, we are live. You can watch this anytime, but we are live right now, and she's going to be live chatting. Oh, yes, we are already having fun. I, are, I have to shout out to my Metro fam. Yeah. They, this chat is lit. Really? Just it's the Metro people. Having so much fun, yes. In the house, and they are chatting up. They are. They are chatting awesome. up. It's great. Very cool, very cool. All right, so what is up? Uh, besides your hair? What do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> Every week your hair is like. Okay, first of all, we took a, it, we took a, this yeah. took a break for a couple weeks, you know, right. but I, I do feel like. It's getting long. It's, it's getting. Taller? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know what? It is. It is what it is. See, I know how to fix the sides, but I don't know what to do with the, my, with the rest of it. So there's a lot of product, my friend. A lot of product? A lot of product. I feel like it's a situation right now. Like, selfies have gone down. I don't know if you've noticed. Yeah. And I think this is why. Because, <laughs> because guys are like, I can't get a haircut. And girl, you I can't had, put a filter on this. You can't. I had just enough hair dye to do, like, just the front. So don't look at the back. Oh, it's still that's gray. hilarious. It's a whole I'm bringing thing. back a fedora. I'm wearing my fedora next week. Okay. It's happening. Because not... if, this, if, this if this is quite the situation situation. We'll, so. see, we'll see which we'll is see better. That. We'll, see that. <laughs> we'll see that. Let's talk about other things. Shows. You got some shows? You're watching some shows? Yes. Watching some shows. Watch Tiger King. Yeah. I feel like we shouldn't promote that. It got really yeah, yeah. dark. I'll tell you what. My tell favorite me. show right now yes. is this right here. Right here, friends. Do you guys know this? Some good news. Some good news. And I thought we show. should start with some good news. Okay. Right? Yes. Yes, we'll we should. start with some good news. All right. Let's start with the first. First, I've got some friends uh, who were sick were, uh, and now they're recovered. So we've got people who've been diagnosed, sick, and fought through this, and they've reco- recovered. So that's like amazing, great that's news. That's definitely good news. Great that's news. Fantastic news. Um, I have some friends who are out, well, within our community, delivering groceries to people that can't get out of their house. They're just kind of stuck in their homes. Also, I have to shout out, Brian and Stephanie have been dropping off little like individual things at people's houses on their birthdays so oh, they're not cool. alone on their birthday just to you know make yeah. people smile brighten their day yes definitely yes. good news yes 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 uh talk about birthdays mine's coming up tomorrow it is it is i did actually did a birthday kind of a drive-by birthday yeah uh yeah participate in that for yourself for myself <laughs> i drove by myself hey no i did not no i did not okay uh, another good thing is is uh, this past weekend at Easter. Now, I just got to say, man, I know we weren't together, but, man, the amount of people who uh, actually tuned in record numbers and then the amount of people who actually recommitted their lives to Christ. I mean, that is amazing, amazing, more than any that we've ever had in, in, in one weekend, you know? That's and so, so it is. It is so good. So good. So I love that. 
And yeah, that's great news. That's awesome. I mean, and then Wednesday nights too, we have people jumping in on Wednesday nights for your Instagram yes. prayer nights. Yes. And I'll tell you my favorite thing about it yeah. is you're great and all. Your prayers are great. Um, but you've been calling in other pastor friends from other churches. And every week I watch, I am just so proud of our city yeah. and the way that our, the churches in Charlotte have been coming together just to be united. Right. You know, it's not a competition. It's just we're all here yeah. to take care of our city and love on our people. And just it is. So proud. It is great. Uh, one other good news is that I've had conversations with people who have recon uh, reconciled relationships oh, with people uh, that they've uh, kind of not had for a while. And yeah. man, um, I know this is a terrible thing that we're going through, but it has allowed people to reconcile and put away differences. So yeah. I'm, I'm so glad. I'm so glad about that. That's cool. So, yeah, in a way, it's news. like we're good all doing the same thing. Yeah. Fresh start. All good news. All good okay, news. Okay, so, but good news. Yeah. See, I, I could like live in the good news, but you started this series and it's called This Is Terrible. Okay, first of all, yes, we are starting a brand new series called This Is Terrible. It is a working title. I hope so. It, it, is, it really <laughs> is a working title. Actually, what it is, is it's, um, it is, um, it's going to be based off of the book of Lamentations. So if you've got a Bible, if you've got an app, uh, look up Lamentations because you're thinking, I don't even know what that means. What is yeah. that? I've never heard of it. We're going to be talking about that. And, uh, but the idea is this idea of to lament. Okay. To lament. And lament actually means uh, to passionately express sorrow and grief. And uh, I really feel like we need to talk about that. Now, yeah. I, I know it's not great news and all happy, happy, joy, joy. Um, and I, I, I am. I'm a positive guy by nature, and I want to do that. But uh, I'll tell you what, the two big reasons why I want to do this series. Number one is that uh, throughout this whole experience uh, as a pastor, I've, like, struggled with not uh, 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 struggled with trying to say the right thing. And what I mean by that yeah. is I don't want to say something that's cliche, nor do I want to say something that's, uh, you know, like that's, a, that's a word, a new word, discovered new word, mm -hmm. um, platitude. Yes. Now, I just said discovered a new word like I never heard it before, but I did. <laughs> Not really. But uh, it's a statement or remark, right, uh, yeah. that, is, um, that has moral content, but it's used so many times that it's not thoughtful anymore. And I feel like sometimes on Instagram, um, people who do what I do yeah. can get, get into that. Like, just, they just say the stuff that this too shall pass. And, uh, you know, just, just things that I believe. Right. But they're just not any, uh, they're not helpful. So, number one, that has been bugging me. The second is, is I just realized something. And that is that I'm not going to go through this well. Yes. I mean, I, like, I, I know, like, I like to minimize stuff. <laughs> yeah. And what I mean by that is I like to, like, when crisis hits, I go into, like, fix-it mode. Mm -hmm. Or I go into let's handle this mode. And people who work with me, they know this, right? If there's a crisis, name is on. Because yes. I go, okay, we can do this. We, I organize mm -hmm. the junk out of a crisis. And I go, I can manage it now. What can we control? Yeah. yeah. We're going to go through this like a boss. We're going to become out like superheroes. And the fish, honestly, the, next, the first couple of weeks, I was doing that. I was going running ragged, going crazy, driving everybody crazy. But I was like, we are going to rock this thing. We're going to kill this thing. We're going to come out of like the bosses, like superheroes, stronger, faster, leaner, da, da, da. And then I'm like, what am I doing? Yeah, you can't. Because think about it. No one goes through grief well. Right. And no one can actually boast about that. Oh, man, grief, got it. <laughs> right. Loss, I rock it with like a boss. Like, really? Yeah. That doesn't happen. Yeah. And so I just feel like if we want to start a conversation about, like, what is Christianity? What is our, uh, our relationships? What does life look like right now? But I do feel like when you stop and lament, mm -hmm. 
And like I said, lamenting is passionately expressing sorrow or grief. So here's what I want to do. I want to pray for us, and then I want to jump into our, um, our topic. And then, obviously, as we're chatting, Kristen, you can help them out. Yes. All right, let's pray together. Lord God, I thank you so much for um, this conversation. I pray, God, that, um, that you would uh, anoint this uh, conversation, that you would be in the middle of everything that I am trying to express because, God, I want people to know your heart in all of this. So, Lord God, more than anything else, I pray that people would feel you um, uh, right now, wherever they are, how, whatever context they are, they're in right now, in their rooms, uh, they're in their, maybe they're in their, in their car just to, be, just to get some sanity, maybe they're taking a walk, God, whatever the context, you would speak to them. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. All right, let's talk about lament. So Lamentations is the book. Now, lamenting, let me give you some ground rules on lamenting. What does that look like? What does that mean? Lamenting, number one, is not a complaint against God's character. It's not us going, this sucks, this sucks, this sucks, this sucks. This is terrible. God, I can't believe you're doing this. Why are you doing this? It's more than that. Lamenting is not a complaint against God's character. It is an appeal. It is an appeal to God's character. It's an appeal to God's character. In fact, if you read the Psalms, like I love the Psalms. I've been reading through the Psalms. I've been sharing some stories, uh, some videos, some thoughts on the Psalms. Psalms, the 40% of them are actually uh, lamentations. They're laments. Now, laments are actually in, in, in the context of, of uh, the, the scriptures, they're, they're actually, some of them are songs. So the book of Lamentations is actually a song. And it was sung every year. It was sung every year uh, in ancient Jewish history uh, because of the time they had gone through. It was sung because they all needed to remember God's faithfulness in the midst of their suffering. So, number one, uh, lamenting is not a complaint against God's character. It is a what? Appeal to God's character. Number two, lamenting is proof of a real relationship with God. So if you have the courage and the confidence to actually lament when it comes to this situation, your situation, and God, it is proof of a real relationship. And it's a participation in the pain of other people. So it is proof of a real relationship with God. And then it's a participation in the pain of other people. It's like songs or prayers that we pray. God, break my heart for things that break your heart. Well, what does that mean? What you're saying is, God, you're praying. You're in a moment where you go, I'm, I'm break, I want my heart to break. I want my uh, eyes to, to weep of the things that break your heart. So God's lamenting. You're lamenting. I mean, there's a... We're in this, to, in, in this together. And so you and I have to understand that lamenting in the scriptures is connected to, this, uh, to a real relationship with God. And it's about participating, uh, empathizing, being part of like, um, other people's pain. And so that is the big context. That is the big idea when it comes to this series. That's, that's our focus. So let me give you some context as we read through the scriptures. Now, if you read the book of Jeremiah, which I highly recommend if you got the time, um, you might have the time, um, or, and also read the book of Lamentations. Why? Because the same, it's the same author. So Jeremiah wrote this, and then he also wrote uh, the book of Lamentations. Now, the book of Lamentations is connected to an incident that took place. It was long. It was painful. There was all kinds of uh, relatable things that I think we can r- sort of connect to. But, but, and not to say that theirs were more, was more tragic. It, it, here's, the, here's what their situation was. They were occupied 
by so many foreign kings. And then one king in particular, King uh, uh, Nebuchadnezzar from Babylon, what he did was he came in to, and he, he took all the people from Judah and he took them and actually exiled them and took them back to um, his country. And so what was happening is he picked certain people, he divided up families, he picked all the, uh, all the I guess, the most useful people he could get. And so there was a picking and choosing. He was making them slaves. And so it's not just that it was a famine, not just it was a war. It was also now, people have now becoming slaves. It was a terrible, terrible, terrible situation. But Jeremiah speaks to that, and Lamentations is about him going, processing, processing his pain, and discovering God's plan in this. And so as we look at Lamentations, that's really the heartbeat of it. So let's jump in. The first thing you need to know is that Jeremiah pretty much says this. He says, this is terrible. This is terrible. That's why it's the working title of the series. This is terrible. Jer- uh, uh, Lamentations 1, he says this. He says, how deserted lies the city once so full of people. Can you relate? I mean, I, I think of, uh, of Charlotte. I mean, I live in Charlotte, and I'm thinking, I go to places right now, and I'm like, where are all the people? How deserted lies the city once was full of people. Like, like, how like a widow she is who once was great among the nations. She who was queen among the provinces now has now what, become a slave. Now he's lamenting. He's, and he's starting off by just saying, this is a terrible situation. I'm so sad by this. This is horrible. This is horrible. You see, but that statement itself flies in the face of people like me. Like what I mean by that is like pastors who, and even Christians who, who know the scriptures, who love God. The first thing we want to do is we, we want to take a terrible situation and, and put a spin in it, on it, right? We, don't, we want to say, you know, well, well no, 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 but God's going to, there's, there's better things ahead, which is so true, which is so true. But here's the thing. We have a temptation right now, and I do too, a temptation to kind of just uh, fix this and give a reason to why this is happening. Like, it's a, like kind of a knee-jerk reaction to like, okay, uh, this, is where we, uh, this is how I need to react. We need to provide an explanation or tell people that it's like, um, um, you know, it, there's better days ahead. In fact, uh, N.T. Wright, who is a uh, really profound uh, author and scholar, Christian guy who, who's really shaped a lot of Christian thought uh, recently, he says this. He wrote an article at t- to the Times Magazine um, and uh, it's a great article. Read the whole thing. But part of it, he says this. He says, he's talking about how Christians should not do this. They should not jump in there and try to solve this. They actually need to sit in this, this terrible situation. He says this. He says, it is no part of the Christian vocation than to be able to explain what's happening and why. In fact, it is the part of the Christian vocation not to be able to explain. He said, that's really being a Christian, not to be able to, to, be able to explain and, and to lament, lament instead. He says this, he says, as the Spirit laments within us, we, so, so we become, even in our self-isolation, small shrines where the presence and healing love of God can dwell. And out of that, there can emerge new possibilities, new acts of kindness, new scientific understanding New hope. And I thought that is so profound, so true. Let's just sit in this and call it what it is. It is terrible. And for so many reasons that, that, uh, that I don't even know. I know mine, but I don't know yours. And I just want to say it's okay to just say, this is horrible. This is terrible. 
Even Jesus called it what it was. This is what he said in John chapter 16. He says this, in this world, you will have trouble. Basically, he's saying this, there's going to be parts of this world, this life, that are just going to be terrible. He says, in this world, you'll have sorrow, pain, and loss, and grief. You're going to have trouble. And then he says this, but take heart, I have overcome the world. He doesn't explain why it is. He just says something else. He's not explaining, which I don't know why I feel like a pastor going, oh, no, no, i got to explain this. i got to explain this. No, I think Lamentation tells us the first thing about lamenting is to just say, this is terrible. It's terrible. It's terrible. We don't, we don't, we, we don't, we don't need to explain it. Uh, we just need to provide a reassurance within it. That's what Jesus did. Number two, uh, this feels like um, abandonment. It really does. I don't know about you, but um, uh, in Lamentations 2, Jeremiah says this. He says, the Lord has rejected his own altar. He despises his own sanctuary. It's like it feels like God is so upset that he's actually left not just the world. He's left churches. He's, you know, with, with empty churches right now. I mean, he's left. He's just, he's just, he's ticked off. He's left the building. He's left the universe. He's basically said, you're on your own. I'll see you later. And I think for some of us, we're feeding into that. We're like, well, you know what? We are all alone. And you feel like that. You feel like you are all alone. And solitary confinement is the worst isn't it? That's why they do this in prison. It's the worst kind of punishment. When you're confined, you're, you're all alone. Because loneliness, will, we're not made to be alone. You're not made to be, to be alone. And some would say, no, 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 but you have Jesus. Uh, friends, I love that. I have Jesus. I got Jesus. I got Jesus. Okay, how about you? I got Jesus. Okay, I got the Holy Spirit. I got the Father. I got the scriptures. I got worship music. I got, I got all these things. And I love songs like, all I need is you, all I need is you. And I just want to say this, okay, it's not true. You're like, what? No, it's, it's not true. It's, it's, it's incomplete. Uh, I need Jesus, but I also need other things. And, and, and right now, it feels like the relationships I'm not building, it feels like I'm leaving relationships. Or people have left me. Or people have left, just, they just left. It does feel like that. Do you know that in Genesis, in Genesis, there's a statement that God made. made. He told, was talking to Adam, and he said this. He said, it is not good for man to be alone. He's basically saying, Adam, it is not good for you to be alone. I just wish Adam could have said, but I know the song that says, all I need is you, Jesus. And God himself is looking at Adam saying, yeah, 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 I know I'm actually here with you physically, but it is not good for you to be what? Alone. He's with God. See, God made us for community. That's why it feels like we're abandoned here. Because we're just not interacting with people like we want to. And I'm telling you, it's okay. And if you feel like God's left you to, um, to your own sin, uh, I, I hear you. Because some of you were making just great strides on, on getting better. You were no longer going to do that, watch that, hear that, think that, eat that. And now you're back in it. And I, I get it. It feels like God has left us. It feels like God has left our leaders to their own devices, their own agendas. I mean, I, I just want to say I get it. I, I, I get it. And that's why, that's why uh, the, the prophets are, are lamenting. They're, they have a real relationship, don't they? It's a, real, it's a proof of a real relationship. Actually, Habakkuk, another prophet, says this. <laughs> I love this. He says, how long, O Lord, how long must I call for help, but you do not listen? You just don't listen. You just, you're not listening. 
Do you have the confidence, the faith, the passion, uh, in a sense, to just go, God, I just don't, I don't feel like you care anymore. I honestly don't think you care anymore. I don't think you care anymore. You see, people, when you lament, it's proof of a real relationship. It's proof of it. It feels like abandonment. Next, Jeremiah says, basically, this is too much. It's just too much. Lamentation 2, 12 says, my eyes fail from weeping. He's like, my eyes fail from weeping. He's like, I can't, I can't do this. He says, I'm in torment within, my, within me. My heart is poured out on the ground because of the... Because my people are destroyed. Because children are and infants faint in the streets of the city. Obviously, he knew his condition. He was watching this. I mean, let's just relate it to us. Have you gotten to a point where you're like, you know what? My eyes fail from weeping. Like, I don't have the capacity to process this. Have you felt this way? Kristen, have yes. you? Yes and have, yes. Yeah. I, I love that Jeremiah was called the weeping prophet because... I feel that so hard. That was my last week. I feel like I went through a whole entire week of this is just too much. And I <laughs> just cried. It's, I don't even know what to feel. Right. You know, it's like, am I in the course of a day, I'll be sad. Then I'm happy. Then I try to talk to somebody and feel like I'm yeah. not validated. So then I feel more alone. And it's just, yeah. it's too much to even figure yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. too much. And it's too much for us, and then it feels like it's too much for other people. And then it's too much because you also have this, uh, um, this I don't know, this strange um, paradox of, like, maybe it's not too much. Maybe I'm just a wimp. Right. Because right, then you think, well, maybe I'm just failing at this. Right. Because, because they're I'm not it. sick. My family's not sick. Right. Other people are still doing school and all kinds of things, learning new things and... And I'm not, so, yeah, it's a whole other element of, it's it's just too much. Yes, and it's it's, it's connected to the fact that this isn't just sorrow, it's like anxious sorrow. Mm -hmm. It's not just um, sadness, there's an uneasiness to the sadness. I mean, it's not just grief, it's like a, it's a fearful or even an angry grief. Yeah, it just feels unsettled. I'm just like, all the time. Yeah, like... You just, yeah, and, and, it's, and it's, 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 it's too much because you're dealing with your own stuff. You're dealing with the career. You're dealing with, um, you know, trying to socially distance right. and all that. But then you got to, then at home, mm-hmm. the, the people you love, it's like, I'm just. And trying to relate to other people and understand yeah. where they're coming from. David Kessler is a grief expert, mm-hmm. um, and he was on Brene Brown's podcast, and he said that. Um, the worst loss is always your loss. And so that whatever people are going through, like in the moment, right. that grief, that loss is their worst loss. Right. So, you know, high schoolers that are grieving graduation right. and prom or people that were supposed to get married or have birthdays even in this time, these are all just weird things to feel on right. these days that are supposed to be happy, you know? Yeah. So, too much. Yeah, it's too much. And, you know, I think, and I think we got to say something to that, to where, where uh, with the people we live with, I mean, husbands and wives right now, and even kids, and uh, trying to figure out, how, you know, how, how are my parents reacting to this? I mean, we're, you know, and how, if you're with a grandparent, like, how, who's supposed to do what, and how is certain people supposed to handle certain things? Yeah. And it's too much because, like, 
I think we just need to give the not just grace, but understanding of like, you know what, for the for the guys out there, like the 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 chaos of not being in the, in a routine mm-hmm. of work is a little too much. Yeah. And you know, but no one should compare. So you know, other people should not be like, well, you just have work. I've got all these other things to do. Because if we start comparing, it's like you're too much. I'm too much. This you can get. A little crazy. Right. Yeah. We all have to <laughs> validate each other's feelings that it's, we are all in our worst right. sense yeah. of grief yeah. right now. Yeah. And I and love what Jeremiah you know. says. He says, I don't even know how to feel anymore, yes. basically. I don't know because I'm tired. My eyes are tired of weeping. All right. So it's too much. Then what else? It seems personal. Here's the other big idea that Jeremiah throws out there in the book of Lamentations, chapter 2, which, by the way, we're just covering chapter 1 and 2 today. Uh, he says this in verse 20. He says, look, Lord, and consider. Man, he's being so raw here. Uh, he definitely knew God. He says this, whom have you ever treated like this? He's, he's, he, I get this. I get what he's saying here because sometimes when I look at my stuff and God knows the, the, my struggles, he knows me and he knows why this is just, this is really is horrible for me. He knows this. I don't care about other people. He knows, he knows why. And he goes, and Jeremiah is speaking to that tension. He goes, you, whom have you treated like this? And then he says this. He says, should women eat their offsprings? I mean, he's getting out there. With God. He's like, should women eat their offsprings and children uh, they've cared for? Should priests and prophets be killed in the sanctuary of the Lord? Young and old lie together in the dust of the streets. My young men and young women have fallen by the sword. You, you have slain them in the day of your anger. You have slaughtered them without pity. Like he's saying, this seems very personal. I mean, I know, I know you allow things and da 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 I'm just telling you, it feels like you're doing this and you're doing this on purpose. On purpose. You're doing this for the punishment of our sins. I mean, we do this sometimes, you know, like, uh, like as Christians, we go, you know what? God is doing this because we need to repent of our sins. And it's, 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 it's again, a knee-jerk reaction to just explain away some things. Because there are rational people and then there are romantics. Roman- rational people want to connect the dots. They want things to make sense. So if you're a rational Christian, you are going to be like, you're going to figure out a way to listen to someone that will give you an answer of why this is happening. Because of the sin of the nation. Because of the sin of this. Because of the da-da-da-da-da. We need it to make sense. Romantics, which is more like me... We, we don't need it to make sense. We just need a bigger purpose. We just need it to be bigger. We just need to be bigger than it is. There's a bigger purpose. And I get that. I, I live in sometimes both of those tensions. But I also feel like it's, it's, it's just, we just got to stop and go, okay, okay, if I don't get those, if I don't get those, it just feels like it's extremely personal to me. Like, I get a bigger reason, but then what about me? What about me? And I want to say this to you. It is personal. It, it is personal. It's also public. That means it's personal and it's affecting you in such a unique way that I and no one else can understand except God. But it's also public because it's also you and me. And it's us. It's, it's, it's us. But if you feel like he is doing this just for you, just uh, that's part of the process of lamenting. Now, what's the five, what's the fifth Point. Jeremiah points out, points out, he points out that God has a plan. Now he says, it's terrible, this is too much, this, um, 
feels like abandonment. He says this is personal. It feels, seems personal. But then he also says God has a plan. And here's the problem with this. You know, what, what Jeremiah actually says about this is he says this. He says, yes, God has a plan. God has a plan. And we will never have a clue. And he wants you and me to ask us, ourselves, is my faith strong enough to handle this truth? God has a plan, but he's not going to tell me. You see, I'll tell you what I feel. Well, then you don't have a plan. If you're not telling me, you don't have a plan. Because I can't believe you have a plan and you wouldn't tell me. It seems personal. Why are you not doing this? Do you really have a plan? Now, there are a lot of popular passages in Jeremiah. There's one in particular that people have used so many times. You've probably heard of it. It's Jeremiah 29, 11. Uh, let me see if this sounds familiar. It says this. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Sounds familiar? Yeah, it's, it's one of those verses we just love. Anytime we're going through this, we want to go back to this. We're like, yes. Yes, yes. Now, let me read that in context, okay? In context, it actually starts off in verse 8. This is a little extra. It says this. The Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says, Do not let false prophets and mediums who are there among you fool you. Do not listen to their dreams that they invent, for they prophesy, their, their, their prophecy, they, they prophesy lies in my name. I have not sent them, says the Lord. This, the truth is this. You will be in Babylon for 70 years. And then I will come and do all the good things I have promised and bring you home again. That was verse 10. Verse 11, he says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans... Uh, not to harm you, but plans, not, uh, plans for good, not for evil. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And then he goes on, he says, in those days, in these days, um, when you pray, um, I will listen. You will find me when you seek me, if you look for me. Yes, says the Lord, I will be found by you. See, God wants to be found in the middle of this. He does have a plan. He so does. But our minds are not able to comprehend it. Habakkuk, the one I quoted earlier, he writes, when he's lamenting, he says this. This is verse 5, and this is God's response to his lament. He says to Habakkuk, I believe he's saying this to us. He says, look, look at the nations and watch. Right now, we're all looking at the nations, and we're all watching and waiting. He says, and be early, early amazed, for I'm, uh, I'm going to do something in your days that you would not believe, even if I told you. God is saying, if I tell you what I'm doing, you'll think, it li you think it's lies. You are not going to believe it. You are not going to believe it. So I do have a plan. And you're not going to get a, get a clue. 
You're, ju you're, you're just not. Are you okay with that? So what, what, do we, what do we do here? What do we do here? We remember this. We remember that, number one, God laments as well. He, 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 he feels, he sits in this sorrow as well. Uh, let me read you um, a quote from um, the heart of Jesus. Matthew records this in, verse, in chapter 23, verse 37. It says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those who sent, are sent to you, how often I have longed to gather you, um, your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. But you were not willing. Jesus is lamenting here, looking at a city, looking at a nation, looking at a world and says, I've so longed to comfort you. I've so longed to gather you. I've so longed to take care of you. But you were not willing. Now, obviously, he's bringing up like all kinds of possibilities here. And we, be, we wanna, want him to explain why. Why are we not letting him? I'm not quite sure if we know. But I just want you to know that in the middle of your pain, God's in there. Um, there's a poem by T.S. Eliot. And uh, it's actually called Wait Without Hope. Um, before you judge it, let me, let me read Read it to you. I'll read parts of it. It starts off like this. It says, I said to my soul, be still and wait without hope. For hope would be hope for the wrong thing. Wait without love. For love would be love of the wrong thing. Yet, there is yet faith. But the faith and the love and the hope are all in the waiting. You know, I know we can't wait in waiting rooms right now as loved ones get sick or have an accident or something happens because life is still going on besides this virus. But I remember in moments of intense grief and sorrow, pain and confusion and doubt, as I sat in waiting rooms for my loved ones to heal, to recover, I do remember moments of, of faith. But more than anything, I remember everyone who came and sat with me. See, I just want you to know, um, God is in the hope and the love and the faith and the, and the healing. But he's also in the waiting room with you sitting there. Because God wants to lament with you. We're not going to understand why. But we don't need to, maybe. He just wants you to know that if you feel like this is so terrible, he's sitting there with you. When you feel like you're all alone, he's actually sitting right next to you. When you feel it's too much, he's sitting next to you. When you feel this is personal, he's making it very personal. He is right there with, with you. And he wants you to know that he has a plan. But right now in the stillness, he's just going to sit with you and lament with you. Because we need to do that. Because why? Because lamenting is proof of a real relationship with God. And it's a participation, right, in other people's pain. 
That's why we need to lament. That's why God laments. And so that's what we need to step into. So what's, what's the takeaway this morning before we end? Let me tell you, as I was praying about this last night, here's my big prayer. At the end of this whole quarantine, I have, I have just one goal. That I would have more passion for God, not less. And that I would have more compassion for people, and not less. And that's my prayer for us. Let's pray together. Lord God, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you, Lord God, for your grace in our lives. God, thank you for the scriptures. Thank you for who you are, God, and how you've wired us up. God, I pray in Jesus' name that you would allow us to give us the freedom, give us the permission, God. Remove either uh, fear or doubt or, or, or a spirit of religion over around us. Let it remove all of that, Lord God. Allow us to sit in this moment where we can just say, God, this is too much. God, I pray that we would have permission right now to passionately express sorrow and grief, knowing that we're just going to be in this and you're going to just sit with us through this. God, for others of us, I pray that this morning would be the first time that they would say, Jesus, I give you my life. Because they've been watching and they've been moved to actually discover or rediscover their faith. And they're wondering, they're wondering, they're wondering, can, can I trust Jesus? Can I trust the scriptures? Can I trust the gospel? Can I trust all this? God, I pray that they would do more than that. Because trusting actually starts with entrusting. So God, I pray that they would have the courage this morning to just go, Jesus, I entrust you with my life. Jesus, I give you my life. Everything. I give you my, everything about my life, about who I am, my faith, my doubt, my, my discouragement, my sin, my righteousness, all of those things. And right now I'm recommitting my life. God, I, I pray in Jesus' name that you would be with us. You, I know you're with us, but you would, we would feel you in this moment. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Mosaic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more audio and video content, visit us at mosaicchurch.tv.